Paging Dr. Randy. Paging Dr. Randy. I just got on call and they're paging me already. They want me to do work as soon as I get to work. Come on, let's go. Yes, you, come on. Well, I'm Dr. Randy, nice to meet you. I'm a licensed family medicine physician. Since you're on call with me today, I want to make sure you learn as much as possible. Me and a few of my special friends are here to give you all the tips and info you need to live a balanced, healthy life. Are you ready to be on call with me? I hope so. So let's get it going. Our shift starts right now. Welcome back, healthy people, to On Call with Dr. Randy, your source of health information every Wednesday. It's November and election time. Make sure you go out and vote. Remember, there was a time a large majority of you listening people couldn't vote, men and women. So take advantage of you having the right that some other people didn't have in the past. This week in part three of I'm Too Young for This Ish, I have one of my best friends, Emery Kincaid. A few years ago, Emery was diagnosed with Graves' disease. Graves' disease is a condition where your thyroid gland produces too much thyroid hormone. Symptoms can include palpitations, which is your heart racing real fast, diarrhea, weight loss, feeling anxious, and elevated blood pressure. I'll discuss with Emery his initial symptoms, how it affected him mentally and physically. He battled through some depression issues, and he lost a lot of weight. And we'll also talk about how it affected him and his family. His lovely wife, Autumn, will be joining us during this entire discussion. So she'll be able to shed some light on how this affected their entire family. And before we go on call with Emery, if you haven't done so already, please follow me on social media at underscore Dr. Randy. What's up to all my new followers? I appreciate you. I see you. Thank you for joining me on social media. And thank you to those who have filled out my survey. I greatly appreciate it. I've seen some people have recently filled it out. It's located in the show description. It takes less than a minute and it's some real simple questions. So fill it out for me if you have a chance. I'd greatly appreciate it. So let's go on call with my good friend, Tupac and Jodeci Fanatic and Vanilla Oreo in the flesh, Emery Kincaid. So what's up, healthy people? We are back for another episode of On Call with Dr. Randy. Today we have one of my best friends, Emery Kincaid, 49ers fan, fifth member of Jodeci, Port Arthur, Texas native, number one Niners fan as well, too. <laughs> we also have his lovely wife, Emery's wife, Autumn, Xavier grad, mother of two, best mom in the world. What's good, y'all? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I know. Hey, Randy. Doing well, doing well. So I'm glad to have y'all on this segment as we talk about I'm Too Young for This Ish, which is the name of the uh, segment that I've been doing lately. Um, so we brought Emery on to discuss his thyroid issues that he's had in the past. So um, you were diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, correct? Correct. All right, so uh, what was some diagnosed. of the symptoms? Oh, my bad. No, I'm just saying I got diagnosed in 2020. Uh, symptoms I had, man, was um, shaking, um, lost a lot of weight. Um, rapidly. Yeah, rapidly, weight loss. Um, just, man, no energy. Heart rate was high, very high. And... It was, I couldn't pick up anything. I had no strength either. 
All right. So how was that in the beginning? Because I remember when we used to talk sometimes that your energy level would uh, be real low. So what were some of the normal tasks that you were doing throughout the day that was kind of getting you more tired than usual? And just basically my simple tasks that I always go through, man, like go pick up the kids. When I start driving, man, it's like I couldn't hardly just, you know, drive because I just it was hard for me to even get in a vehicle. And it was just hard for me to even push the pedals and turn wheels and everything. Then uh, my son was um, a toddler then. So picking him up was a a hard task. Like I didn't have the strength to even carry him. And um, Hmm. I had to because I had to get the car seat and all this kind of stuff because he was kind of more like an infant. He was what, about like six months or something like that? Uh, Closer to one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he was still a baby, and, man, it was just hard picking him up and trying to change his diaper. I had a hard time because I was had shortness of breath, couldn't hardly breathe and everything like that, man. It, it was just very difficult for me just to live my normal life. Excuse me. And that's when I knew something was wrong with me. I was like, this is not normal. Yeah, I remember us talking sometimes, and you was talking about how you was – um, bathing coloring sometimes and that you were just getting so tired when you would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was trying to help Autumn a lot because, you know, uh, we both work and like the days I'm off, I try to help her out more and everything with the kids. And, you know, while I'm trying to do that, and I was like, man, it's just difficult for me right now. I'm trying to explain to her and like, <laughs> At times, she thought I was just being lazy and was trying to yeah, get out. Like, you can't pick the baby up. You can't bathe them. What? Like, yeah. I thought he was making excuses to not have to do it. Yeah, and I was like, man, something's wrong with me. Like, something ain't right. And then it happened in the middle of COVID. Like, COVID came around, and then he uh, left for work for like six weeks, and he came back, and he was like, my heart is racing. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of fast, but I didn't think anything of it. And then he just kept complaining about he couldn't walk and he was tired from picking the baby up. And I was like, Emory has been gone for six weeks and he don't want to come and help me. And it really dawned on me one day that he wasn't faking because he went to lay down and take a nap because his heart was, his resting heart rate like stayed in the 140s. And so he went and laid down and I went to check on him and he was like shaking like this. And I was like, oh, no. Let's oh, get no. I remember we were supposed to go for a walk. He was oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he was like, you know, you ain't feeling so well. Let's go for a walk. Maybe to help you feel better, get you some vitamin D from the sun and everything like that. And I was like, so she was going to get something. And then like this one, I was like, I got to lay down right quick because I'm not feeling myself. So when she came back while I was in the bed, um, I had my Apple Watch on, and she saw my Apple Watch. The resting heart rate was over 100-something, and I was shaking. And that's when she was like, yeah, we got to go to urgent care. Something's wrong and everything. And and that's when we went to urgent care. And that was a whole other story with that one, too, because it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, it was a debacle, you know. So how long were those symptoms going on before y'all went to urgent care? Man, I want to say probably about um, 
what, two to three weeks probably? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Because we thought the symptoms would subside. We thought he was just tired and just we didn't think anything of it, honestly, in the beginning. And then when all the other symptoms started happening, and then when I saw him like uncontrollably shaking, I was like, okay, now it's time to do something. And then when we went to the urgent care, that kind of started my research because I wanted to figure out what was wrong with my husband. Like, am I going to lose him at an early age? Like, am I going to be a widow? Like, what's going to happen? So that's when I started doing the research on his symptoms. So what happened when y'all went to the urgent care? He had done all this shaking, his heart rate was all the way up, and then y'all took him to the uh, local urgent care. So let's talk about what was what was going on at that visit. So when we got in there, um lady was asking us a lot of questions and everything. And um I was kind of at the point that I was kind of confused. And mm-hmm. that, that bothered Autumn, too. We forgot to mention that I was... Like my brain just wasn't working. Yeah, he really wasn't confused. remembering basic things, and I'm yeah. like, Henry, what? Like it was almost annoying at first because I was like, he can't carry a baby. He's forgetting like basic, like really basic things. His memory was like not there. His mood swings were like starting to get really bad. Like he would be happy and then sad, and then he would look depressed, and then he would be angry, and then he would be happy, and then he would be normal. He was just all up and down. So me as his wife, I'm paying attention to all these symptoms. So I'm speaking to a lady at urgent care, and I'm like, he's doing this, 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 and this. And it was hard for him to talk because his throat was so swollen. And so I was doing all the talking, and like the lady at urgent care kind of blew me off. And she wanted him to respond of how he was feeling, but like he was not really, he didn't even have the energy to tell you how he felt. It was that bad. Yeah, so after all that, that's when um they was like, well, we're going to do some, well, before they did the x-rays, you know, they was like, we, you know, COVID was brand new, so we wanted to do a COVID test. And I didn't know what I was have to embark on. I this was my first time ever getting the COVID test, and it was her first time seeing the COVID test. So they came with this, you know the big old stick, looked like a pro. Shut up my nose, man, and you know. Brandy, I you can only imagine his reaction. I couldn't help it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got to get the other, both nostrils. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the test came out negative, so I didn't have COVID. So that's when they wanted me to do uh, a chest exam. So I did that, and it was like, well, we see a little fluid in your lungs. We we think you have pneumonia. And, like, you know, and we both was like, what? And it was like, yeah, it's pneumonia. And, you know, so, you know, Autumn was like, whatever. So we got in the car, and I was like, Autumn, I don't think this is pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I know it's not pneumonia. 
Yeah. And then, we, I mean, we went and got the medicine that they said he needed. Mm -hmm. And he took the medicine and it was like nothing happened. And so he did have the shortness of breath or whatever. I guess that's why they thought he had pneumonia, but like it was not pneumonia. And so I started doing research because I was like, no. And when I did my research, the thyroid started popping up. It was like everywhere. So I reached out to you, Randy, and I was like, Emory is having these symptoms. Like, I don't know what it is. Um, And that's when, like, we started talking about the thyroid. And that's when we first got an idea, like, it could be his thyroid that's off. And so that's when we made an appointment with the... um, so how did that make y'all feel when you left the urgent care and you felt like he didn't get the proper diagnosis? Autumn, you kind of mentioned that you got cut off when you were trying to explain his symptoms. What kind of feeling did y'all have walking out of there? I was mad in there. I was mad. I got upset because I wanted answers to what was going on with my husband. Like I said, we we are in our 30s and I'm like, am I gonna lose him? So I needed answers and I, I felt like they weren't really trying to hear us out. And obviously the lady didn't know anything about us, but like, I mean, you know us, I talk for Emory. I know him better than he knows himself. He just don't know that. But she's not trying to hear me out. And it made me very frustrated <laughs> because I want to answer him because I want him to feel better, number one. And number two, I didn't know how to support him because I didn't know what to do. It's like I, I knew all the symptoms, but I didn't know how to help him. Like I literally had no answers and I felt like I couldn't do anything. I was just watching him suffer. And I knew for a fact it wasn't pneumonia. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did that kind of make you Hmm. What's up? So, like, how did that? How did that make you feel, Autumn? Kind of as a spouse, when you don't have any answers for something, and you kind of, and you're seeing your husband husband suffer through all of that. Um, I mean, I honestly, it was heartbreaking because you don't want to see your spouse suffer, just like you don't want to see your kids suffer, because like he's my best friend. I don't want to lose him. And so it was almost like, you know, watching your baby be helpless and you just stand there watching him. Not that he's my baby, but, you know, I like, I love him that much to where I wanted answers. Like, I wanted to be able to help him because of sickness and health. And he was sick. He was really, really sick. And I guess we didn't know to what extent. And I I had to be the one to help him. Um, and that's when I just, I was like, I want answers. And almost in that moment, I felt like, you know, like uh, something that happened to a woman's child and like the police officers can't find them or wherever it is. And uh, the mom goes and finds all the answers that I felt in that moment. Like, no, I need answers so I can help him or we can work through this together so I can be his support. Because he was almost helpless at that point. Like, he couldn't barely walk, talk, eat. Mm-hmm. Nothing. 
Did y'all feel like race played a part into that original assessment that you had at the urgent care, like not getting the proper diagnosis or just it was just the healthcare system and it's urgent care is they trying to get people in and out? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think race played a part. I, I think what you said is accurate with, you know, urgent care in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think COVID played a factor uh, with trying to get us in and out because they had so many people coming in with sick of COVID. So I think they just had a mindset of like, hey, man, we got to get them in and out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I just think the healthcare system was just at an mm-hmm. uproar at the time due to uh, COVID and everything. So, And I kind of didn't like where they just took one thing and ran. Mm-hmm. They didn't look at the whole case. Like, they just took an extra and they're like, oh, pneumonia. Like, let's, but they weren't paying attention to him not being able to talk, the lack of energy, the racing heart rate. Like, if I can go and do research on Google and figure out that's the thyroid, you're a doctor. Like, you should be able to put all that together. You know what I mean? Because, Randy, when I talked to you and I told you all of his symptoms, you were like, I think something is wrong with his thyroid. You should get a check. So that's exactly what it was. We just didn't know to what extent it was. Um, because when we actually went to a PCP, like we made an appointment, which was hard to get into because of COVID, we had to wait another few weeks. And then that's when we found out his levels were like way off. I mean, off the charts, off. Yeah, so what was that first visit like with you going to see the PCP? You had kind of been having all those symptoms for, seems like, some months. Because by the time you seen them, it was like three weeks after the urgent care. So how were you feeling by the time you got to see the PCP and what happened with that visit? Uh, yeah, I was I was in bad shape. And uh, mm-hmm. so when I visit him, and we kind of we did blood work and everything there, and you know that's when he had got the levels and saw that you know the levels was off. So he was like, "Yeah, you definitely have hypothyroidism," and you know he was going to direct me to an endocrinologist to try to get you know get that taken care of. And when um when we were you know talking about my condition, um, that's when I kind of stated that, like, hey, you know, at your age, it's time to start, you know, going and see a, you know, your primary uh, physician now, you know, because it was like, if you would have been going to a doctor and getting, you know, your annual checkups, we probably could have caught that early before you got all the symptoms and before it became real severe. So, you know, I guess it's a testimony, too, for especially everybody around our age. Yeah, man, don't be scared, man, to go see a doctor, man. And, yeah, it's really important because you can probably save your life. You yeah, because at our age, we think, like, oh, we're healthy. We don't have to go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. But, like, since he got diagnosed, I've been going to the doctor every year, getting a physical every year just to make sure that, you know, if if something is wrong, we catch it early because, like you said, if he would have been going and getting his levels checked, they probably would have caught the thyroid when it was kind of off in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And another thing I did appreciate when we actually went to, uh, I'm not going to say a real doctor, but the PCP, 
he took the time to explain to us what hyperthyroidism was. Like he wasn't a specialist, but he knew enough about it to like explain it to us. And then at that point, Emory was having like severe mood swings. To me, that was the hardest as a spouse to go through, to support through, because he would take it out on me because it was like nobody else to really take it on when he would get upset or he felt normal or, and things would just pop out of the blue. And I'm like, why are you upset? Like we were just sitting watching TV. Like, why are you so upset from nothing? And it was the point, it kind of made me start having uh, depression a little bit because he was going through a depression because with thyroidism, it, it's directly linked to the brain and it caused him to have depression. And so when we were waiting to get to endocrinologist, he didn't have any medicine at all. He went and saw a psychiatrist, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they prescribed him Lexapro for depression until we could get to endocrinologist because he didn't have depression, but he had an onset of depression due to the hyperthyroidism. So to me, at that point, it was so far gone to the point I could deal with all of physical things like the shaking and the the um heart rate and all that but what was hard to deal with was the mental part of it which i learned so much about the thyroid uh going through with emory because i know it affected your mood and pretty much everything in your body uh the way it does and it was just really it was a really rough time in our marriage just because it was I know he wasn't it on purpose, but it was really hard to deal with. And he would take everything so personally when it wasn't that way, but that's the way he perceived it because his thyroid, his levels are so off. But yeah, like that was just the hardest part to deal with because we didn't have any true answers. But what I did appreciate that the PCP did was he talked to both of us about kind of how to deal with it until he got to a specialist. Like, he told Emery, like, yes, you will have mood swings. Like, the mental is the hardest to deal with. But he said you have to kind of check yourself, too, and not use that as a crutch to say, I'm just going to go off on everybody. But And then he told me, you know, be patient with him because he's, like, pregnant times three. You know, you have hormonal changes, mood changes, and it was really it was really hard to deal with. So in the midst of all this, Emery, did you realize that you were more irritable or feeling depressed? Sometimes when we go through things, we may not realize it till after it's happened. Like, um, so did you know that you were having different kind of emotions? Yeah, most feelings? definitely, man. Um, and it was to the point that I couldn't sleep, man, because my, my, my mind was just racing and racing and all this kind of stuff. And, man, it just... It, it was tough. Like, it came to the point, like Autumn said, the mental was tough for me more than the physical. Yeah, the physical was bad, but I was kind of used to it already. You know what I'm saying? But that mental, the mental was very tough for me. So, yeah, I realized every bit of it. Because I, I myself was the one that went to was a psychiatrist. I was like, man, my mind keep racing, Autumn. I can't sleep and everything. So I was like, and maybe they can kind of help me with something until I, uh, this was, well, I went to psychiatrist after the endocrinologist because I had to 
Um, yeah, because yeah. what happened, yeah, we kind of fast forward things. So um, so when I finally got to the endocrinologist. And um, it took weeks after this because of COVID. And they yeah. were only seeing, like, emergency cases. Yeah. So when I went to the endocrinologist, they did more blood, blood work. And they was like, okay, yeah, you have hypothyroidism, which is an overactive thyroid. Uh, better known as Graves' mm-hmm. disease, and they gave me a lot mm-hmm. of paperwork for me and Autumn to read and everything. And they they prescribed me with some medicine to bring the levels down. And um, mm-hmm. I took that for about a month. And mm-hmm. um, after that, I went back in for the blood work, and then that's when they was like, uh, "We can't get these levels." Um, we can't get your uh, your numbers leveled out. Um, so they was like, we got two mm-hmm. options. Uh, they were like, well, we want to go ahead and remove your thyroid because they was like, this medicine, it's kind of hard to treat. They was like, it's easier to treat hypo rather than hyper. And I had the hyper. And so they was like, we need to remove the thyroid. So they was like, it's either you do the surgery way or the um, or the yeah the uh, radioactive pill, and I was like, well, I don't want to be cut on, so yeah, I like to do the pill. So with that, man, I had to wait like another month before the pill. So while I'm waiting on a month, they wanted me to get off the medicine, period. So because they said that it'll be better if my levels go back way high. And that was a struggle again. That, like, mind you, we are at like hmm. month three of yeah. no change. Yeah. So while doing that, that's when. Right. So how long? How long were you? How long were you on the pills um, before you had to make that decision? And did they start you on any other pills, like to get your heart rate to come down? No, they they straight up started me off. With, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, my PCP started off with me some pills to try to regulate my heart rate. Uh, that was from my PCP. Yeah, he just mm-hmm. gave, that's the only pills I was diagnosed, uh, I, I was prescribed. Uh, then when I went to the endocrinologist, that's when they gave me those um, pills to take to try to get my le- uh, numbers level and everything. And that's when, because uh, I remember I sent you my numbers when I first got it done. And you was like, damn. As high as hell can carry. Yeah, because I I remember I think somebody originally gave you like the wrong diagnosis somewhere in between there. I remember them telling you like, yeah, they they was telling you you had Hashimoto syndrome, which is hypothyroidism, but all your symptoms that you're telling was like, no. This is Graves' disease. I know I'm silly and I, but I also smart and can know some yeah. stuff. And looking at these yeah, labs, I think they tell you the opposite thing. Before we went to endocrinologist, and he was yeah. like, "Yep, mm-hmm. that's Graves' disease." Because the thing yeah. is, yeah, that was the first endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. You know, I then after those levels was down, I I couldn't get an appointment quick mm-hmm. enough with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we found another one. Mm-hmm. And now I've been going to this other uh, endocrinologist for some years now, for mm-hmm. a couple of years. But yeah, that was the first one that said Hashimoto. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you was like, man, that don't sound right. Mm-hmm. 
So when I couldn't get another appointment with him for a while, that's when I went to the other endocrinologist. And then that, I was telling him, like, yeah, I gave him all my information from the old one. And that's when he was like, yeah, I'm looking at the, your levels and everything. Yeah, I agree. We do need to remove your thyroid and everything. And that's when they had me set up for, uh, you know, the radioactive pill. But we had to wait about another month. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so my levels went back way up high. I started losing a lot of more weight. I lost like over 20 some pounds. You lost 30 pounds in like two months. Yeah, 30 pounds in two months. Man. What? Man, you already small on top of it. You ain't got that much to lose. Like one thirty. Like I mean, can the sister lose some weight? I don't want the grapes disease, but I'll take the weight loss. Yeah, I'm already slim, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like everything, Brandon his sweatpants was baggy. How you sweatpants baggy? His windpants was man. baggy. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was a struggle, man. <laughs> And like we went out of town too, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, he struggled. He struggled on that trip. He tried to put on his best face. Oh, and another thing, he started looking old. You know, he has a baby face, but man, that grace is he mm. put like a good 10 years on him. He looked yeah. like an old man. And my eyes were very baggy. baggy. Yeah, he had really big bags under his eyes. But the his throat was swollen. He couldn't even eat hardly. The mm. thing I was very afraid of was the bulging eyes. <laughs> Because I, I, I was like, oh, if I get the bows and I, y'all go just kill me. <laughs> he said that. Kill me. <laughs> I remember during that time period, we would send you pictures of the Simpsons and stuff to make you feel better. Like, Kincaid, you better not come back looking like Homer Kincaid. I'm going to be like a soul child. I was going to wear shades every day. Yeah, I want to <laughs> when you got on the Lexapro, do you feel like that improved your mood or do you di didn't no, see I a difference at all in your mood? Um, only difference I saw was, um, I hope I don't, well, I'm going to just say it in a way. This is a podcast. Lexapro ruined my sex drive. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I, I, I got to get off of that. Mm -mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, and like the lady told me, she was like, you know, she, I'm going to prescribe you this Lexapro. She was like, but it might, you know, mess up your sex drive a little bit. And I was like, okay, man, well, making me feel better, man. And she wasn't lying. Yeah, I, I, my, I, my libido was, was just there. You know? Emma would rather be depressed than mm -hmm. <laughs> ruin his sex drive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we ready to get into some grown activity, and I I wasn't ready to perform. Like, I had no drive. I was like, eh, it's not in me, you know. So I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. So I got out. I told the lady, I was like, I don't want to take this anymore. And then she was like, well, I can prescribe you something else. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to just wait till I get better. I'm like, I need to treat my hypothyroidism or grave disease like I'm not you know I just thug it out with my mental issue so that's what I did now, you know you know that medicine was mm -hmm. bad <laughs> he'd rather be sick yeah I'm too young for this I'm too young for that you know 
Yeah, I'm not doing that. That He'd rather be depressed having sex than be feeling happier than his yeah, sex drive gone. Like, you know, uh, sex or what? What they call it? Endorphins? What's that called? Like the, yeah, at least, at least mm-hmm. I get some kind of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. With sex, like that'll, that'll help my, you know, my, my situation a little better, you know? Mm-hmm. So y'all both kind of mentioned earlier about your cognition changing some. Like, what did you notice, Emery and Autumn, too, can comment, too, about different cognition issues that you had? Uh, one day I sent him to go get the kids from daycare. Like, our kids went to the same home daycare for, like, it was, like, year four. And he called me. He was on the way to get the kids. And he was like, how did I get there again? I was like, Emery, what? <laughs> We've been going to the same place for four years. And he couldn't remember how to get there. So I was like, okay, you turn on that street, you turn on that street. And this was like kind of early on. So I thought he was like, I thought he was playing with me. And I didn't think it was funny because I'm like, look, I ain't got time for this. But he really started forgetting like stuff, like just daily stuff that we do all the time. And I'm like, Emory, what? Because, you know, Emory, he play like, you never know when he faking or he's serious. And I didn't want to look stupid, so I'm like, Emory, stop. But no, it was like basic, it was basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't remember. What was it? Was it something else he couldn't remember? It was a lot of stuff. Yeah, cause I remember just one time you was like, said something and I'd be like, and what you said? And you was like, that's when you like, man, something wrong with you. Like you ain't playing, you very confused. Yeah, he was, right, was like cognition was off. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if I if I back then was to show you this shoe that's right there behind me, you couldn't have been able to tell me what shoe that was. Nah, I probably could have, man. That's nah, cool. you couldn't. Yeah, yeah. For my for my listeners who just listening on the podcast, <laughs> I, I got I got some Jordan ones in 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 the background. I know that's uh. Emory love him some J's, so I had to make sure I put some Jordans in the background on this. So y'all make sure to go watch this on YouTube. So by the time you went to go see the endocrinologist, they put you on the pills, and then you chose to do the radio iodine therapy instead of having surgery. Talk about how that treatment went getting the uh, radiation oh, so, therapy. So, man, when I got that pill, uh, you know, man, it was... It felt like it was some top secret stuff, man. How they was treating me like it was like you know they had all a suit on and stuff. I'm like, man, what y'all, what y'all about to put in me and everything? And she was like, yeah, take this, then take this. Yeah, Is this at the I had to go into a room and everything, like a room by myself. And then they came in with a suit on and stuff like that, and you know they gave me the pill at the take. And gave me another pill, uh, too. So after that, you know, they had me to sit down for a little bit. Then after that, they uh, sent me home or whatever. And they kind of gave me a whole lot of paperwork to go over. And they kind of went over it with me, saying that, like, hey, uh, don't hold your children mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, a long period of time. Uh, 
and everything because I'm basically radioactive now. They said I can be at home, but they were just saying like, don't be like with close to your relatives for uh, it's like a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, no, it was like uh, I think two or three days. But they were just saying, don't be up under you guys or have contact with you guys mm -hmm. for more than like 30 minutes or something mm -hmm. because I'm radioactive for a couple of days. Uh, so I was like, you know, okay, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, Miss Lady over here, she didn't hear what I was saying or she didn't read the paperwork. I did read the paperwork and I know what it said. So basically she was just saying. I didn't want him holding the baby at all. Yeah, so I, I said, don't hold no. Kids. She didn't want me to eat with them at all. Nope. So let me tell you, Randy, she gonna mm -hmm. get my food and just put it at the door, like. <laughs> and I'm like, for real. Then she was like, oh, some ketchup. She <laughs> threw the ketchup in the room <laughs> and closed the door. And that hurt. That hurt my head. <laughs> yeah, he was not that mad. Oh, because I treated him like that, but I'm a rule follower, and so like. I read the paper and it was like, don't hold your kids. Don't get close to people. So I was like, here, here, here. But she didn't <laughs> read it thoroughly. I did. No, because I, I can I can be around. I can eat at the table. It's just that touching contact. I can't touch you for a long amount of time or whatever like that. So, you know what I mean? And they just told me not to sleep in the same bed as Autumn. <laughs> Because I have contact with her for a long amount of time. But I can eat around them and be around them. Mm -hmm. But she thought I couldn't be around them at all. So yeah. she wanted to be me mm -hmm. to stay in the room with the door closed and all kind of stuff. And like have no kind of contact. But I know that I remember that when you was going through that and you had to kind of stay in the room for a couple of days. And like that, how, how difficult was that for you being isolated by yourself in the midst of getting that radiation treatment? Uh, you know, we got young children and, you know, and Autumn had to kind of do everything by herself. And, you know, so I felt bad because, you know, like, like she said earlier, I was gone for six weeks uh, with my job at one time. So I'm coming back and she got to deal with all this here with me coming back. So that was kind of tough for me, uh, just being isolated, just because I couldn't help out. You know, I'm hearing uh, the baby, you know, whining or whatever, and I couldn't help, you know. So that was kind of tough for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah. I'm just trying to be a good father. I would say, how long did it take from the beginning to the end, like from mm -hmm. the symptoms until you got the pill? It was like a year. Yeah, it took so, a long yeah. time because mm -hmm. I remember it was like the summertime. It was like June of 2021 before we had answers and he got the pill and all that. And we found out like he started having symptoms like in April of 2020. So it took that no, long. No, it was no, it was after that. It was, it was probably it had to be around May because you know I was gone. I came back like the Emory end of, birthday. Yeah, end of April, early yeah. May. But it took like a good year to basically find a solution. And then even after the period, because uh -huh, like oh, COVID, everybody time. was like, it has to be an emergency. It's two months since he can get an appointment. And then when he decided to do a pill, he had to wait another month to get off the medicine. And then we had to wait for the pill to work to actually 
uh, get rid of his thyroid. But then when he get, got rid of his thyroid, he it sent him into hypothyroidism. Um, and then he started picking back up his weight. He got a little fine on me. But then the doctor was like, okay, <laughs> you are officially in hypothyroidism because he went back, did labs, and they're like, okay, you're in hypothyroidism. So now we're going to prescribe you medicine for that, which they told us originally is more treatable. It's easier to treat than hyper. So here we are today. He's still on that medicine. And now he goes to the doctor every, what? Like twice a year, every six, six months. months. Mm-hmm. And he just recently went and they changed his, um, My dosage. their dosage mm-hmm. because the, the dosage he had before it was working, but it wasn't. Like his levels were still real off. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of increased his dosage. Um, so here we are today. I mm-hmm. said, I would say, like, I noticed a big difference in his mood. Like, he's not as moody. Um, like I said, he's able to gain weight. And we've been dating almost 10 years, and he's never been this big before. Like, he was always, you know, real skinny, but he was able to pick up weight keep his weight mm-hmm. um like he's back to his normal self basically mm-hmm. um besides being crazy crazy Emory, but he's back to his normal self <laughs> so how long Emory, do you feel like it took you to realize or feel like that you were back to your normal self or do you um, even feel yeah, like I you're feel, back to I your normal like self normal, yet and I, I feel good um like I said like I'm able to gain some weight and everything and I, I feel good. I think I look good. Um yeah, it it I say about a good year and a half before I actually start feeling myself again. Um you know, through all the trials and tribulations, man. Yeah, I say about a year and a half. Um yeah, but as of right now, you know, I just take my medicine every day. Um and, you know, that's gonna keep me all right. Um, so I'm on this medicine called Level Diroxin. I hope I'm saying it right. Uh, and like Autumn said, yeah, they have it. Okay, I see you over there speaking uh, medical French over there. Uh, level Diroxin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, man. So I'm taking it every day, once a day, um, and you know, keeping me better, man. So I hopefully next time I take my blood work, hopefully everything is leveled. Because, yeah, I did feel like some changes, you know what I'm saying? Like, I told Autumn, I was like, man, I'm I'm not feeling myself. Um, before they increased the doses, I was telling her that. I was like, yeah, I, I ain't feeling right. And that's when she was like, yeah, well, make sure you tell your doctor when you visit them, mm-hmm. excuse me, how you're not feeling yourself right now. And then, you know, that's when we did the blood work. And because uh, I have the My Chart app. So my uh endocrinologist he sent everything, all my results through the my chart mm-hmm. app. And that's when I saw that yeah, my levels are still quite off. I'm still in hypothyroidism. So that's when he said, let's increase your dosage. So mm-hmm. your next refill, you will have your new medicine. And so, you know, been taking it, I'm feeling better now. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully when we do the blood work, hopefully everything is better you know yeah but it's a, it's just a change now because like, he's pretty much on medicine for the rest of his life to to level his thyroid 
Um, and then we were like, where did it come from? Because we were like, why is it just him? Like, usually thyroid issues run in your family. But we we started talking to his family. His grandmother actually had the radioactive pill, too. So she had thyroid issues, too, from my daughter. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. course, my mama didn't know nobody like that. My grandma had to tell me herself. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, okay, oh, grandma you. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, because I, I spoke with my father, and he was like, I don't know anybody who has it. And, uh, and then that's why I talked to my mother. She didn't know either. But yeah, we was just randomly talking about it. Uh, I think my mother told my grandmother about it. My grandma was like, oh, yeah, that, I have that same issue. And she take medicine every day also for it. So with all of this, did it affect you with work at all, especially with you having um, cognition it really issues? didn't. I know when I first um, got the real bad symptoms, when Autumn took me to the urgent care, uh, I had to take some days off. But uh, it really didn't affect me much at work. That's because he don't do nothing at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I use a lot of this word, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I I wasn't, I was okay at work, you know what I mean? Because like my job, I had a lot of time off too, but I did have to take some days off to try to get a little better with it. But, you know, we spoke with my boss and my supervisor and they kind of understood it, so... You know, they wanted me to get better. So they always were saying, man, if you have to take some days off, go ahead. And, you know, I mean, they was very lean, you know, I mean, with my condition. So, you know, all is well. All right. So looking back, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently? Uh, yes, I wish I process? went to the doctor more often. Uh, you know, I just wasn't, you know, thinking my style. I was like, oh, man, I'm healthy. You know what I'm saying? I only go to the doctor when I'm sick. But no, I need to go get checkups. You know what I'm saying? As a black male, we need to get checkups. Because I know us black men, we have that bad without getting checked up. Um, Because I said, man, some people's lives could have got saved. Uh, They would have just gone checked up um, and everything. So, yeah. I say the only thing I say I would have done different is if I would have went to doctors ahead of time, they would have saw those levels and everything, and they would have treated that before I got really bad, you know, with the symptoms. So I definitely regret and I advise, I strongly advise every black male, just not just black men, just any male, Go to the doctor, man. Just go get checked. Women, too. Because, I yeah. mean, even though we may think we're young, but, like, <clears throat> that is how diseases creep up on you, and then it's too late. So, if you do something about it young, like, start going to the doctor every year to find a good PCP, get your levels checked every year. Um, because we go through a lot in life. Like, we become parents or some of us lose our parents and we go through a lot of things and it affects health. And so I feel like anybody, like it doesn't matter your race, your age. I think that you need to start going to the doctor every single, every single year, getting your physicals, getting your blood work and doing something about it when it's a little issue before it becomes a big issue. 
Because honestly, that Graves disease could have been the end of our marriage. Like, it was that hard to deal with. Hmm. But, like, he ain't gonna leave me. So. All right. So, that's some good lasting words of wisdom from both of y'all as we kind of close out. And with every episode, I always do Randy's random questions. Are y'all ready no. for Randy's sure. random questions? Sure. <laughs> so, question number one for Randy's random questions. Now, who Randy, fell in love with who this. first? No, do I have to dig up who? Answer talking about, man. I, I got you. Randy he said fell in love. He didn't say stalking. No, 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 no. Fell in love? Him. He told me he loved me first on the couch. Yeah, I said it first, but you know what I mean? Like, you you know, love you said fell in love. Okay, me. All right. Mm-hmm. Man. There you go. Thank you. Because I'll pull up the proof. <laughs> Okay, man, you about to pull up the proof? I mean, we we here for the for the juiciness. You can pull up the proof. You know, I don't have that many pictures. Randy, so while she's scrolling, Kincaid, I'm gonna let you answer, yeah. answer this next question for me. You ready, Kincaid? All right. So, who would you? So, in this situation, you have two choices that you have to pick. You can be on the stage with Jodeci. For the whole concert, singing with them, dancing with them. That's option number two, one. Option number two, you get to go have a conversation with Tupac. If he's still alive, if he's somewhere like on the island and sit down and talk to Tupac, you can spend a whole day with them. Which one Ooh. of those would you choose out of those two man, options? That's very tough, man. Um, you said sing with Jodeci or talk to Tupac? Yeah. I think I know. I know. I thought hard and long about that one. I think you want to sing with Jodeci. I'm gonna go with that one for you, man. Um, and you said like after all, Tupac still alive. What? Like, or yeah, like let's just say Tupac's alive right now, and he's on an island somewhere, and so you get to go chill with him in Cuba or wherever he's in. If he's in Bali, you get to chill with Tupac for a whole day. He answers all your questions. Y'all can rap some songs together, but okay. y'all not rapping them out in public. I, I just in his bungalow rapping because, uh, you know, from my knowledge, everybody we think he's passed away. So for me to like get that secret that like man, Pac is alive, and I get to hang out mm-hmm. with him for a day, I'll take Tupac. Even though it was hard because I would love Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah, I figured you would have said I, I would love to come with Jodeci, but man, it's like <laughs> Tupac is secretly alive and he wants to talk with me. Yeah, I take the two. Oh. All right. So I appreciate y'all sitting down and we taking uh, time with me to talk about Graves' disease and we got the whole family on there. See y'all next time. Wow, that was definitely an interesting story by Emery and shared by his wife, Autumn. 
It also shows you the power of technology. Him having an Apple Watch or just a device that allowed him to monitor his heart rate and make, no, and make notations of his vital signs and share with his physician was very important into helping him in his diagnosis. Also, if you feel like you're not being heard by your physician regarding your symptoms, find a way to verbalize that so you can make sure you feel like you are heard. Sometimes we as physicians get so robotic in some of our actions and need to slow down and listen better. So find a way to communicate to your physician if you feel like you're not being heard. Thank you, Emery and Autumn, for joining me. I appreciate you supporting me and our great friendship. Shout out to their kids, Cullen, and my goddaughter, Emery, who made a guest appearance at the end of the podcast. Love y'all too. You can find the video portion of this interview on YouTube. Just search for On Call with Dr. Randy on YouTube. I will see you all next week for the next installment of I'm Too Young for This Ish. I'll be talking to a young lady who has a history of hydrocephalus and has had six brain surgeries. Yes, six brain surgeries. What is hydrocephalus? Well, you'll have to find out next week when I tell you what hydrocephalus is. I'm leaving you on a teaser. And one more teaser. She also had to have part of her colon removed in high school due to ulcerative colitis. Yeah, she has had a lot going on in her life. Definitely too young for all of that ish. So make sure you tune in next week to hear her story on On Call with Dr. Randy. And as always, what do I usually say? Stay healthy physically and mentally.